Hello and welcome to Meet Our Makers, an artist interview podcast produced in association with Beats Per Minute. I'm your host, Jeremy J. Fissette. On this episode, we get to meet singer-songwriter Mira. Mira has just celebrated 20 years in the album releasing business with a 20th anniversary edition of her debut album, You Think It's Like This, But Really It's Like This. In addition to this, she has also taken to doing Instagram live performances of a few of her early albums in full. In this talk, Mira and I discuss her songwriting approach, her approach to being in the studio, as well as what it was like to do those Instagram shows trying to remember songs that she had long forgotten. We also talk a lot about her childhood growing up in Pennsylvania and how her love of cooking has become intertwined with her personal sense of creativity. So thank you for listening, and please enjoy. This is me meeting Mira. just doing audio yeah this is only audio yeah i mean well (laughs) i really need to put on mascara did i (laughs) you did it you did it for you (laughs) yeah no it's just audio i figure it's a podcast so why pressure people into being like on video (laughs) yeah you're right i don't know what i I just got confused i just got so confused (laughs) that i put on mascara is what happened is that is that a rare occasion um makeup has played a very sparse role in my life so (laughs) well I appreciate Um, it um cropping up tonight (laughs) yeah so uh so how are you doing um I'm 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 okay I I I feel lately that I often oh sorry let me turn off that <laughs> sound um wait hold on let me just close yeah hang on we're gonna close some things no, that's what took me so long to get on is um <laughs> my I had to restart my computer and then uh well actually I was just trying to eat dinner because Zoom I'm keeping open. I Close this, and then I can close this. I know this is boring to listen to. It's okay. I can cut it out. <laughs> um, no, it it really it's a, one of my pet peeves is like listening to someone else doing something on the computer, or like listening to someone look look something up. Yeah, and you like can't see what they're doing because you're just listening. <laughs> yes, I I find it irritating anyway I hope that I closed everything that might make a noise um I'm not like the most computery person I have one but I'm not I don't I'm not like I don't feel like all set up with my computer all the time especially like a small wonder that you made it here (laughs) well not like I'm not that bad (laughs) okay (laughs) some people definitely are um but uh 
Yeah, I just, I think, especially since having a kid, I just don't, I never really lived in device land. I, it's mm -hmm. like I use them, but I, that's not where my life is. And now more than ever, um, it's just like my life feels mostly like such an immediate just my immediate surroundings and like what my baby is needing or wanting throughout the day and then I can expand to my family and then I have these like giant sort of like jets that stream out of my head for all the sort of larger world crises mm -hmm. um but the but the experience of being uh me right now is just not I'm not like oh yeah and then I'll then I'll like hop on it's like I have a Facebook account I have only looked at it like a couple times in the past <laughs> 10 years um it's just not where I live I mean you're you're somewhat active on Instagram these days I do have well I mean the truth is accounts um and because that's the only way i mean you know there are still show promoters out there but the truth is that m most of the promotion things that happen now seem to be via either the person in the band them like themselves like me or their management or management team or some combo of the two and that and so it's like you it's like i have to have an instagram account <laughs> i don't i don't actually have a personal instagram account and the only reason why i have a personal facebook account is because at least at the time that i set up my band facebook you had to have a personal one first. oh yeah I don't yeah yeah true I, this is I think they may still have something like that. Okay, that's literally the only reason why I have any of it is because I'm a band. Right. Um, but anyway. So electronics don't play a huge, huge, huge role in your life, but how, how are you um, holding up these days otherwise? I, um, we have had uh, this really fortunate situation of being able to spend the summer COVID summer of 2020, um, mostly at my family farm, um, where my mom and her partner moved, uh, to suddenly on March 15th, when <laughs> all of a sudden, uh, the world felt like, okay. <laughs> Was that happenstance? Um, wait, was it say that was again? that just was that just like a complete coincidence? No, no, they they weren't gonna move here, and then they just moved okay. here in a day, and <laughs> um, and we um, live in I live in Brooklyn now, and um, oh, okay, and we spent the whole spring, the whole COVID spring there, um, but definitely as it warmed up and started to be actual summer um we we decided to come to my family farm and um, be with my mom 
And so, so that's what my, like for the past several months, my life has been very rural and, Mm. um, yeah, pretty quiet. Actually, I, I do, you know, I keep in touch with friends and family all over and I do read the news and we, when we would go back to New York, um, at least, you know, in when we were going back more in June. And so it was like this very, very uh, stark contrast of, of what my days looked like, because one day we would be in New York City, um, going on a bicycle protest with 10,000 cyclists and biking all around Manhattan with our baby um, at a Black Lives Matter protest and then the next day come back to the farm and be just sort of in this rural location with only my small family Um, Mm. and that that's kind of what our summer was like actually yeah, I mean, I could imagine having both of those worlds um, kind of coexisting. For me, I feel like that almost give me some sort of like mental whiplash because it's so different. <laughs> yeah. But it must be nice, though, to have the quieter life to go to because especially right now, it can, depending on where you're living your life, it can be pretty, pretty hectic. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me... I, um, I, I appreciate quiet quite a lot. Um, and it doesn't, I, I know that for some people it's sort of, it might, even my partner a little bit, like, you know, when we were talking about what it felt like to be here, um, and we were, we were first getting used to spending this much time here. I mean, obviously we'd come to this place to visit and be with family, um, you know, off and on, cause this is part of who I am and, and, um, this place that's important to me and where I have family, but, um, but spending mo- much more time here, um, and more uninterrupted time, it it was it, it was different for us as you know as our little family unit, and so when we talked about it, he would be like, um, you know, kind of m- like missing the missing the buzz and the bustle, um, and just the thing you know that you can get takeout food. <laughs> just just like stuff that when you do live in a city um it it's just like that's like the air you breathe in new york city is like the air that can bring you any kind of takeout food at any time of day um and then when you're at the farm we you know we just have our grocery items and we make all of our food here like a lot of people do right. um, in the world <laughs> but I think especially especially in New York um takeout food is just like really <laughs> plays a prominent role in people's lives I remember oh, sure. when when I was in college so I I grew up outside of Philadelphia 
um, and it, you know, it was like a like a close-in suburb to the city, um, and and we would come to the farm a lot, and so that and my family was very food oriented, and I grew up. My parents were into macrobiotic foods, and so we were like very it was like a natural foods food oriented mm -hmm. household um and and then when i went to college i moved to olympia washington and i went to the evergreen state college and um and i remember um having a classmate there who talked about growing up in new york city which you know i i was familiar with New York City. I had been there so many times. Like my parents had a, a natural foods knish bakery actually in our basement. That was the oh, wow. business when I was growing up. And we, I would go on knish deliveries to New York City with my dad. Um, like, you know, like, I don't know, hundreds of times when I was a kid, I would just like go to New York City and sit in the van and look out the window. So all these different ages growing up, I would be like going to New York. Um, it was it was cool because I it wasn't I wasn't I wasn't going to New York to like do something or like see a Broadway <laughs> show or like um, do tourist things. I literally was just like sitting in the van, looking out the window, and because my dad would be on deliveries, we would be like driving all over Manhattan to all these different health food stores. So it was like a whole day of being in all these different parts of of Manhattan anyways, staring out the window, looking at all the people and the buildings and just the way that things were. So I, it was like sort of observational experience of the city that I did not live in. Um, so anyway, this is, this is like a super long winded no, story. No, um, <laughs> I mean, I'm interested. <laughs> um, but it, but that, that's just to say I, I had, um, you know, some sort of feeling and concept of New York, uh, even not having grown up in New York. And then I go to college, I'm in Olympia, Washington, and one of my classmates did grow up in New York City. And I remember her saying that she, uh, she had grown up with her dad in New York City, and that they ate takeout food for every single meal. Oh my God. And even if it was just like getting a bagel or whatever mm -hmm. for, you know, that, that is takeout food. That's like you yeah. go somewhere else, someone makes your food, you bring it home. Um, or you eat it wherever. And that, that they had like never cooked at a <laughs> meal and they had gotten takeout food every single meal of her whole entire childhood. And I was just like, what? it was really blew my mind. I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my mind around that experience, but, but it's funny because, um, you know, even all through my, my young adult life and like, as I, you know, was like blazing through my thirties and then there I land in New York, I'm in my late thirties and now I'm, um, 
I'm on the cusp of turning 46. My birthday's in a few days. Um, and so all those years leading up to me arriving in New York, I still was not a person who would just like get takeout food. I just yeah. never really did it. And then I don't know if it's like the, the people I fell in with in New York are like, <laughs> I don't know. But now it seems normal. It's like a totally valid, normal choice. Like, did least, you miss it when you wound up back in Pennsylvania? Not really, no. Okay. And and the truth is, you know, when when quarantine, you know, basically like March fifteenth, um, we 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 were some of the last people that to return to getting takeout food. We just we were like, okay we are we are quarantining we're gonna we got a chest freezer actually we we have oh, wow. a house and so we had you know we have like a large-ish kitchen and we had room for a chest freezer so you know we we really stocked up um and we didn't we would only get groceries like every six weeks or something oh wow and we made every single meal at home so um so when when we did get to the farm, it, we we weren't in takeout shock um, <laughs> <laughs> when we got here because we'd already just been living the COVID life. Um, yeah, yeah. So now when you're in Pennsylvania, it's all home cooked food. Yep. Yeah. See, but that's good though because you were like you you weren't setting yourselves up to, for that shock, like you put it. Right. Right. Exactly. So I many mean, people probably were. Yeah, yeah. I I also I you know, historically I've been a avid um sort of like maker of foods and I've done a lot of like when I ha used to have jobs that weren't music related, it was always in cafes. I used to run this cafe out of my apartment with one of my best friends um in olympia we did that for a year and a half every sunday we would turn our apartment into a cafe and oh. make all this food and set up um folding chairs and tables and it was this whole thing so i've i've been like uh, uh, involved with food and food making my whole life and that sort of part of my identity but um after after we had our kid um who is about to be 22 months i just i kind of like lost my i don't know i basically <laughs> i don't really cook anymore and my partner makes dinner every night <laughs> <laughs> and, and um and then i clean up uh, okay well that you know we that's important right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was i was I just wonder... saying that because um in the you know this sort of uh the visual that we're talking about here where it's like oh yeah and then like mira and her family you know, <laughs> cook, like have home cooked meals every night and i'm like yes but i'm not cooking them <laughs> right <laughs> that's so interesting i wonder have you like ever, what's the word, like pathologized that? Like, why, like, why did you like lose that drive to do that when you um, had your kid? Well, 
it's actually it's partly like um i am just too drained i and and for, for me cooking is is a creative outlet and i'm i'm not like i might um i like to look through recipes i like to get ideas from recipes and then i'll be like you know even if i decide like oh this is a this is a fun looking recipe i'm gonna make this inevitably i will replace or alter every single <laughs> you know item in the ingredient list and not measure anything and and that's when i'm using a recipe most of the time i don't even use one um because it's it's like uh it's a creative act and so i'm just like i'm improvising basically um yeah. And, and that's, that's one of the things that I enjoy about it, but there is a, I, I feel like a large degree of, um, just sort of like energy and concentration, um, not concentration, but like, like you, you have to, I mean, you have to have motivation and not be super tired, <laughs> you know, it has to be like. Ooh, I'm gonna do this fun thing. And sometimes when you when you're doing a creative thing, it'll like give you energy. But mm. I I guess I just didn't have that experience with cooking after I um I'm just it's like I'm I'm not I don't have the right amount of extra mm -hmm. the right amount or the right kind of extra energy especially like at the end of the day to like start making dinner. And I do, I make, I make our kid really beautiful meals um, <laughs> that are, you know, they're, they're simple. And um, I'm not like, uh, yeah, I mean, they're pretty simple, but I, I take a lot of care to, to make each meal. And I think that by the end of the day, um, I just, I'm like, okay, I'm done. I just, I just yeah. need to put some nourishment in my body. And yeah, then... someone else needs to make it. <laughs> and someone else needs to make it. Yeah. Is there, is there some <laughs> element to it too, where it's like, because it's something you actually, you know, inside you do enjoy and it is creative for you that you don't want it to just become like work? Yeah, I yes, I do think that that's part of it. And, and the truth is, the, the reason why it works out for our little family to have the, the dinner preparation work be, um, you know, uh, be set up this way is because my partner is one of those people who has like, you know, these maybe seven around seven, like, dishes that he makes that are, mm. they he doesn't follow a recipe every time but it's sort of like following a recipe because he it's like the same every time mm -hmm. um and so i mean that's actually one of the reasons why i was a little bit late was i can't remember if i mentioned this but i was like oh i was like eating dinner really fast <laughs> um but dinner was was on the table in a matter of 
I think, 10 minutes or maybe 13 minutes or something like that. It was mm -hmm. like between the time we put our baby to bed and, um, and we then that we were sitting down to dinner. It was not very many minutes and <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't be able to, to do that, um, that quickly. I wouldn't be able to like get into the zone. Yeah. Think of something like play around, like look, stare at the fridge and be like, Hmm. Huh, oh, ooh, ah, wait. Oh, yeah. what about that? You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I totally get that. Yeah. Cause I, I make dinner every single night, but I'm also, maybe it's why I make dinner every night, but I'm also a teacher. So I'm at work, you know, at seven fifteen in the morning and then I'm, but I'm home by three thirty, So I'm always right. like there already. Yeah. Um, as opposed to my partner who gets home sometimes as late as like six. Right. So right. I do work and then I come home and I'm also a video editor. So usually I have an, a video to edit for an hour. Yeah. And then I make dinner. So I also kind of have my like rotating, you know, arsenal of meals that I make. Yeah. Um, I don't get too, uh, too daring during the week. It's, it, it's very, I mean, I have come to appreciate, I think I used to feel sort of judgmental about, I mean, even like in the context of my, like in my own relationship, like a little judgmental of that style that my partner has, where it's like these dishes that are, it's kind of like following a recipe, even mm -hmm. though it's just in his head. Um, because I, I just held in higher regard this sort of improvisational, wild, you never know what you're going to get kind of style that I had with cooking. Um, but definitely being on the, um, the, like the sort of gratitude filled end of being able to receive all of these meals. Um, I'm like, oh my God, this makes total sense. Like mm -hmm. we're, when, if you're, you have a busy life and especially now being busy, like taking care of this little person all day and the amount of energy that that demands, um, you know, out of both of us, but I do the bulk of the childcare. And then especially like since quarantine, we haven't really had any outside childcare help except for when we're at the farm, then my mom, um, can help out but mm -hmm. even that is sort of intermittent but yeah like ha I just developed a great amount of appreciation for um that approach to food making which previously I had actually felt a little bit judgmental about or at least <laughs> unimpressed by you yeah. know and now <laughs> yeah. I'm like oh man well that was that wasn't very nice of me, but um, <laughs> but now I now I have now I can appreciate it, and I and I do every night. Right. Otherwise, you'd have to make dinner every night, and <laughs> you don't want to <laughs> <Yeah>. do that. <laughs> um, so dare I ask then, after all of this um, talk about the quarantine and energy, where do you get energy to then go on and do like? an Instagram live concert because you're just coming off you did you finish the the three album shows you were doing yeah yeah the, so yeah uh, so you're just coming last, off of that right yeah, it was a week ago that I did the last one um 
so you played just in case people don't know so you so you was it once one per weekend for three weeks you did like each of your first three albums in full yes um, okay and that's yeah, I mean, and, and but you've been doing that, shows all quarantine though yeah so I I did I started out um I guess it was it maybe I didn't really start until sometime in April um and what I thought was funny was that I I I mean I've never been well you know what we were talking about in the beginning of the conversation about how like I don't like live online and that it's that's just not where my my life is and and therefore I had never considered I mean not as much as people are doing now but pe people would do live stream type stuff before people would use um Instagram live for you know playing a little song or themselves you know doing the, whatever their performance their mm -hmm. creative stuff and I, I just like never really wanted to do that um and then after quarantine started I was like I was just like shocked to discover that I it was my idea to do it wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't like my manager suggested it it was like literally right. my idea like I think I should do a weekly show and I mean I, I didn't even I didn't know that Instagram live was you could just like push this button on your phone and all of a sudden you're streaming <laughs> oh yeah it's like scarily and, I know <laughs> I know like um yeah you could really accidentally be streaming all kinds of stuff oh um, yeah yeah but um but so I I started doing that I think sometime in April and I would do it every Thursday night and they were short they were like I would do five songs, so they were, you know, depending on how much I blabbed in between songs, it was like <laughs> 20 to 30 minutes. Um, but it, it felt pretty, I mean, it wasn't always easy for me to, um, like, f get into, a, it, it's, it's a very different experience to do a quote performance that is like where you I where there is an audience but I can't see them or hear them mm. or you know there's this like chat that happens but I couldn't um, engage with on the chat at the same time as playing and so I like I would read all the comments afterwards and then kind of feel like Oh yeah, there were there were people there, but what like while I was playing, it's just a strange kind of disembodied experience. Almost like, um, it's like if I'm playing a show, a normal show where I'm here in my body, I'm standing on a stage, and then there's people out there in their bodies. Um, we are literally embodied in the space together. And doing a streaming show because my audience is disembodied, it has this weird, um, like, 
collateral effect of me feeling disembodied. So mm. it's almost like a little bit harder for me to, it's like, I feel like I'm just, wait, are my molecules all like strung together or am I just ether and like, it, it just makes me feel not, not all, it's almost like I couldn't, um, I wasn't as good at talking, at, like engaging with my own thoughts because yeah. I, I, it was just like hard to feel like myself. But I, I think I got more used to it as the weeks went on. Um, but I, I just remember that feeling pretty distinctly in the the earlier shows, especially the first show. I was like, oh, my God, this is so weird. <laughs> but um, but it, it ended up being really, um, I mean, it was a good thing to do to feel connected, to be playing every week, and people had very very positive um feedback and like like responses and the comments that people wrote and notes that i got um were very very grateful actually um like yeah, not it's just nice to know there's the, it's nice to know that community is like still out there and they're watching you know and yeah. it is interesting because you, I mean, you've been making music for a while. You've kind of accumulated, you know, your certain fan base. But typically, you know, you play a show in Brooklyn and your fans in, you know, Florida, you know, they don't see it. So right. it's like, it is sort of nice in a way that they can all kind of be there together with other fans of your work, like just kind of watching. Yeah. But I do see your point. It must be very strange yeah. to sort of be playing, because you're kind of playing to an empty room. Well but you're not <laughs> right yeah i know it's very confusing um, it's kind of like if you played a whole show and then you got off stage you went in the back and then like that's when you started like hearing people or hearing applause or something yeah or it's basically the whole like, show <laughs> kind of like like some of the weird slightly anxiety filled performance themed dreams that i've had right. um it, there, there are some similarities um are you someone who really thrives on a like a live stage do you do you enjoy playing live a lot well it's interesting it the being a performer who i mean i i don't i'm not really a natural but i've also been doing it for a long time and so there is a um there is something about it that provides me with like some comfort um mm. it like some comfort and familiarity in the way that it feels to connect with other people and myself in that context and having that taken away from me and it's been it's been taken away from all of us you know for i'm not sure how long i unfortunately i feel like 
especially the especially playing the kinds of shows that I usually play, which are smaller, more intimate shows um, at small venues, which, you know, we're all just like crossing our fingers, hoping and praying and maybe donating to make sure that all these mm -hmm. venues don't close. I know. Um, but, you know, th basically those kinds of shows are probably going to be the last kinds of live performance to return to our lives um, as we make our way through this totally confusing COVID landscape. Um, and so that, like that having been taken away from me and all other people who perform, especially in that sort of same um, capacity, and, you know, same kinds of venues, and then all of the audiences who are used to receiving in those contexts, it, it actually has shown me a lot about my relationship to performing, um, like noticing what it feels like to perform you know, on Instagram, like do some a streaming thing and comparing that to what it has always felt like to perform in front of an audience. Like I, I, I can't wait until I can perform <laughs> for people again. Yeah. And that, that's so interesting for me because like I said, I've never, I don't super identify as a performer and I don't, I don't even think I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not like a natural performer. I, th I think I, I have my moments where I, um, I mean, I like, I love singing. I love sharing music with people. There's all these things that I love about it, but I, it's, I just don't, I don't feel like I'm a natural performer. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm, I'm like camera shy. <laughs> You know, yeah, like, like for an audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I get that. Yeah. But it. So like you. So then you probably are someone who really enjoys like the song crafting and recording and putting it out there. But, oh, yeah. I love but the, but the all stage that. part comes maybe a little less naturally. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I feel like I've had to. Um, and and still I, I still do. I have to sort of like work through stuff some days more than others some days I don't have there's not as much stuff to work through to 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 myself to feel like you know excited about doing it and ready that, that's the thing that comes up yeah. like really consistently is even if it's like I mean, even with the Instagram shows, it'd be like, I, yeah, I'm going to go like sit in my home studio and play five songs. Like that is not a big deal. That should really <laughs> not be something that brings me the, the slightest bit of anxiety. But even with those shows, you know, I would, um, you know, Tuesday and then Wednesday, I'd be like, oh no, I'm, I'm not ready. <laughs> like, even if I was playing songs that I've played a million times, there's like some right. uh, challenge that that I I have with feeling ready. But and then, 
invariably, you know, I mean, like my partner, he always laughs when I say that because I say it every time. And then <laughs> after every show that I, that has been, you know, I've led up to the show with this feeling of like, oh no, I'm not ready. I don't know. Then afterwards, I'm so happy. <laughs> and, yeah. and like, it, it like, oh, that felt so good. Um, and, and it would even happen with the streaming shows. So, yeah. Are there any... Anyways, in terms of pathologizing <laughs> my, my experience there, I, it, it's still, I think there's more to explore because I still surprise myself with like, you know, or no, maybe I don't surprise myself. Maybe I know exactly <laughs> how it'll go. It's just that I'm like, but if I if I know that after every time I'm gonna feel kind of like, like satisfied, happy, and and like uh, like relieved to not be um, having the anxiety of not feeling ready again. Why do I get, have the anxiety the next time? You know. Well, I mean, <laughs> anxiety makes no sense like ninety percent of the time. So right. you could know that all yeah. you want and you're still probably going to feel it. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. Mysteries um, of the human condition. I know, really. Um, also, yeah. this is a very anxious time, so that's not helping things oh either. Oh, my God. Um, I, I'm like, but, you know. <laughs> when is there going to be, is there going to be a time when, I mean, it's just like crisis after crisis. I can't I even, you know. I was, I have a, a group of friends on the West Coast, because, um, you know, I, I lived on the West Coast for uh, uh, almost 20 years in total. Yeah, I, mean, I, I definitely am one of those people who just associates you with Washington. <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of people do. <laughs> I, I, lived in, I lived in Olympia, Washington for 10 years, then I was in Portland for uh, I think six years or something, six or seven. I can't even remember, maybe longer. And then I was in San Francisco for a couple of years. So I have a lot of very, very strong community, um, you know, friendships, relationships on the West Coast. And I have a group of friends who we have like a, a friend text thread that's been going for years. We have, you know, it's like this group of friends we... Um, we keep in touch in other ways also, but we have this, this sort of text thread. And I was writing the other day, I was like, I, I am, I can't believe that again, I'm writing to you guys for sort of like on the ground, you know, what, how is it? How are you doing? What's it like out there about, you know, this breaking news story because I have all these friends in Portland and there's just been so many things that are, you know, now, like now it's the fires and right. um, it just is, it just feels relentless. Um, I know. Hopefully the fires are, 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 the thing of the past by the time this episode goes up because that'll be very upsetting if not yeah what how what's the turnaround <laughs> when when you say that what are, what are we oh i mean it's a matter of like weeks it's not oh, that geez. far out oh, yeah. but oh 
it's it has to start raining before then right and i know that they have been saying the weather's been turning a bit like the wind i think died down but um god it's just it's just it's just so sad and it's just like yeah like you said it's just like one crisis after another it's one wound after another it's sort of like a it's like a parody of a like disaster movie but i know but like a bunch of them all at once like i don't know why we can't catch a break but yeah but you know that might have something to do with your recurring anxiety i feel it too yeah it it may be contributing (laughs) um Um. so as we mentioned yeah you just did the three shows with your three albums were there i'm curious were there songs on those albums that you like literally haven't played in like a decade or more oh Oh, there were songs on those albums that I had literally never played. I I would I was wondering if that was also the case because, I mean, your first two albums um, are actually quite long. Well, um, especially the you first. You have quite one. a few songs. <laughs> I have to tell you, yeah, I think that there are eighteen songs. I mean, yeah. okay, some of them are like a minute long. Some of them are really. Short. I mean, yeah, but still. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, I had. I practiced my ass off for that first show. I, I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I've never, well, it was maybe even a little embarrassing to have to admit to myself that, you know, he, like here I am like, yeah, 20 year anniversary. So that means I've been doing this for a really long time and I've literally never practiced this hard in, in my <laughs> life. Um, what were some of the, uh, what were some of the hardest songs? What were some of the hardest songs um, to like uh, revive? I the hard, I think the hardest one is a song called La Familia, and oh, yeah. it's funny because I I ended up um, well. One of the things we did for the streaming shows is we found archival footage of me um, in those years playing live shows, and so we. we Um, played some snippets from these um, archival, you know, videos that we've found. And so in reviewing those, I ended up watching my young self playing a lot of these songs. Um, And, you know, especially La Familia, I would watch this old video of me playing it effortlessly, (laughs) like, it was nothing. And then here I am 20 years later, like, God, how did, you know, like, just like <laughs> trying so hard and having to practice so hard to just get something that sounds even a little bit like the song. Right. Um, and yeah. Yeah. It, and I, I had to, um, I mean, I, I'm a self-taught guitar player, so I, um, I mean, I, I could have, I, I still can, I can learn the names for all of the different chords that I play. (laughs) I can learn, um, you know, like how to play scales on the guitar and, and therefore what all of the different single notes are. I could do that. I've just never done it. And, um, so, so songs, I, it's, I mean, I've joked around with my bandmate um, 
uh, my bandmate Maya McDonald, who's been in my band for the past since I since I moved to New York, um, uh, because she is also like me, like self taught, and a lot of times, you know, if if I'm working with other musicians who are just more trained, they know their music theory, they know, you know, all the names of the notes and chords and whatever instrument they play, um, they can read music. It always seems like that's, that's better or there's something that's like, something is like smarter or better about that system and, and knowing it um, and speaking that language. But my joke with Maya is always like, but wait a minute, check out how amazing this is. We <laughs> have to memorize everything. <laughs> like we, like we don't get to, we can't just like, like have this cheat sheet, like reading music. We have to memorize everything. <laughs> so, it's like, that's my funny joke. Um, but it can really bite you in the butt when you're trying to play a record that you recorded <laughs> 20 years ago, more or some of the songs more than 20 years ago. And, um, you know, I, it's like, I, there are no, there are no charts. There are no tabs. Uh, it's just like Mira, can you remember how to do this? Yeah. Um, and so that, that was, that was what I was up against with, with a lot of them. And it, it was sort of like trying to remember like, and it was interesting to do each of the albums one after the other, because I was like, Oh, I was doing stuff like this or like, Oh, for come on miracle. I was pretty progressions. Um, and I wasn't even, you know, I wasn't, conscious of that at the time that there was it was like you know oh I was working on a set of songs mm -hmm. that did end up together and they do share you know these things they have these certain things in common and um and for the first record that there were it was sort of like having to just really um dig deep to find the body memory that was like, oh, I used to do these sorts of things a lot with my um, fretting hand, you know, and, yeah. and I, yeah. So that must have been very like, um, I don't know what the word would be like, uh, enlightening almost because you haven't revisited those songs in, in ages. Um, and I thought you, you were someone's... gonna say humbling, which is the humbling was the word I was gonna say, <laughs> but but it, but enlightening too, yes. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know, because um, you know, and also like you said, some of them you've never played before, and some of them I would imagine are even even if you had, like they're kind of hard to play in such a stripped down setting. I mean, especially your early records, um, may, maybe partially as a result of working so closely with um, Phil Overham, just like there's mm -hmm. a lot of like noise and textures yeah. and like it's not all like yeah. come on miracle was kind of your first album where it was like oh these are guitar songs and even come right, on miracle right. had the light and like songs that were still kind of noisy so i would imagine playing them kind of you know in your home during quarantine might be a little tricky so it must have been kind of fun though i would assume 
Well, what's also interesting about that um, is, you know, the light as an example, I like a lot of my songs that where the recording doesn't end up sounding like a guitar song, it was written as a guitar song, but mm -hmm. then we recorded it, it, you know, with sometimes the songs were recorded with no guitar. Sometimes it was just not the main instrument. There was a lot of other stuff going on, but so that was one of the things I had to do was like, um, it was honestly, it was one of the reasons why I was like searching through archival footage, <laughs> playing some of these songs. Cause I was like, I can't even find like, what was I, what was the guitar part to, yeah. You had to like turn them back into guitar songs. Yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> well, you know what I did with that song? There are several recordings of that song and, and there was a, there was a recorded version of, there was a recorded guitar version that was a collaboration with um, the Black Cat Orchestra because I oh, yeah. made a record around that time. I think I think it came out after Come On Miracle. I'm I'm not quite sure. Um, that was called To All We Stretch the Open Arm, and it was a it was a collection of mostly covers, but not all covers. And the light is one of the songs on there that was one of my songs. And and that had the guitar part on it. That's okay. Be, yeah, because when I I was listening to the Come On Miracle version, I was like, "What the hell? Did, what? <laughs> you know, like, oh crap! I have to like really work hard to find the guitar. You know, what did I play? And then I was like, oh, there's this other version. So that's actually what saved me. Um. Right. But then you have songs like. Uh, after you left or body below which are yeah. just like experimental songs yeah. so i well also body below is a song that i wrote as like i like i played it at, for my stream i wrote it as a it was sort of a folky guitar song mm. and and i just at the time I I was just experimenting. I was like, oh, well, what happens if maybe I'll just like throw out the, I, like, I'm not even going to use a guitar. What yeah. what happens if I, you know, I'm just going to start making some music and recording some stuff. And then I'm going to, I'm going to bring back, bring in, I was, I almost used the word import. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, who am I? <laughs> then I'm gonna then I'm gonna bring in you know the the lyrics but maybe I'll just sing a new melody so it, yeah I, I was so that just, one went through a lot of phases just, then. yeah 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 and then we come up to your more recent work which has been um I think I'm correct in saying your last album came out in 2018 yes it did um so your your newest stuff has been a little bit more to, to my ears has been kind of more electronic um mm -hmm. not like dance music but is that just like a where your interests have gone over over time or that you wanted to kind of try out some new toys so to speak some new sounds um I mean I I do think you know in part it's funny because it's like in these certain ways, I 
I am a, I'm a, I'm a like careful and considered person and creator. And then in some ways it's like, I have to, um, like take off my, uh, my like perfectionist or like want things to be a certain way costume and just be like do what I do in the kitchen and you know on on a <laughs> in my previous <laughs> life anyway and just like like I, I don't I don't identify as an improviser with music that much but um but actually a few years ago I I had this revelation that like, wait a minute, maybe I am an improviser because <laughs> I actually never know what I'm doing because I'm not that kind of musician. I'm not the right. kind of musician who can like, oh yeah, I um like like I'll I like hear it all in my head and then just play it because I I heard it all. I like I I can do that with my voice i think my vocal melodies and some songs i've written um they just i write i write the song a cappella and then have to fit instruments around it or ask other people to try to fit instruments around it um but you know sometimes sometimes the the my my secret improvisational self will just be like well what it's like maybe I'm just uh if I'm in a new space or there's a new piece of equipment or um yeah it's just I don't know if I'm really answering your question oh, you are. <laughs> and, um I mean, you know, sometimes the influence of different instruments is like, well, I, I'm working in this new studio and um, my friend Eli, who is co-producing this with me, has this incredible collection of vintage synthesizers. And so, of course, we're going to use a bunch of those. <laughs> um, and so, you know, like on... Um, I can't remember the name of the song <laughs> now, but on understanding, um, there's the song that I've actually never played live because it's too loose. I, I don't, it's like I can't find how to play it live. Um, Hit out on a restless wing. What's the name of the song? I'm trying Set to remember. Set yourself to wandering. Wake up in the morning sun. Blinded by the pretty light. That's the name of the uh, song. Okay. Um, for that song, you know, the, um, actually for that whole album, many of the basic tracks, um, to the songs, many of the songs had basic tracks that I recorded as demos. And then instead of starting, starting fresh, when I'm like recording the quote album, I just started layering on top of the demos a lot of the vocals on that album were just demo vocals that I recorded and blind by the pretty light is one where all the guitar and vocals were already recorded and um, 
and then we, you know, Eli just like turned on all these, I think like 15 different analog synthesizers. Um, and I just like walked around and like played different stuff on each one. And then, mm. and then, you know, then we mixed it and it, it was, um, so in terms of like what instruments were on it, like they, I, I was just standing in a room with 15 incredible vintage analog synthesizers so and, and they were all on. And I was like, oh, what's this one? Ooh, this one, ooh, <laughs> that one. So. So it is kind of just like inspiration by proximity almost. Like you're just like, yeah. you have all these things to play with. So why not try and play with them? Yeah. Yeah, I um, mean, I'm like, it's so it's so fun that's like one of the reasons why i love recording is mm -hmm. um you can just like you just experiment and oh it's the funnest thing in the world i'm i usually don't really know what I, what i'm gonna it's not yeah. like it's not planned out but you don't go in with a set of songs already or do you or you do but you just don't know how they're going to be dressed up yeah i you the the songs are the songs are known but okay um yeah i mean uh, like i might have some some ideas i could sort of like write a like a sentence or a short paragraph that's like this one has this feeling or like i want this is this is like the mood um, mm -hmm. but then you just have to run around and like poke at stuff until you find the right stuff to poke. Yeah. Um, have you been writing during quarantine or have you found that sort of hard to do? I have not been writing at like at all. And I, it's funny, I keep coming back to this cooking thing, but like, I don't know if you <laughs> it's the theme this, of the it, episode, like, it's the, fine. <laughs> it's, it's totally the theme. Like, in the beginning of quarantine, I remember all of a sudden everyone was like, like, talking and posting about like all these, like, very involved, like, people started baking bread. People, I've baked a lot of bread in my life. Um, people started baking bread who've never baked bread before. Mm -hmm. And I, Baking bread is really fun. I've done, a, I've, I've made a lot of different kinds of food. I had no more time. Like, I don't know if, if you got, you know, a hundred parents of young children on, you know, on a Zoom call or whatever. And, and so you could interview them all at once to be like, how did your time change? Like, it wasn't like I suddenly had enough time to be baking the bread. I always wished that I'd had time to bake. I, it was, my life was the same. I had like this little person who needed my attention all the time mm -hmm. and no outside help, you know, right. aside from my partner who he was releasing a film, like it was pretty um, disastrous timing. I mean, all filmmakers releasing films in 2020 are, were... Oh, it's they're doomed. Yes, it's like the definitely uh, not the right <laughs> environment no. to release a film or a record or like kind of anything into. But but he was like finishing a film at the time, and so 
was still had like all this work to do and and we had even less child care than we'd ever had so when was yeah. i gonna bake my bread um right. and yeah so i i haven't i'm like i need so much space around me to write and to even to even like kind of shake out my body and my mind enough to have ideas and to have like a just a free free mind um yeah that i yeah it's not been it hasn't been a time of like it's not like i have zero time i mean our baby takes naps and right. baby goes to bed at seven thirty, um, <laughs> but it's a very volatile time, and I think some people, whether they get more time or not right now, are somehow feeling like this burst of creativity. But other people, myself included, I, I find it relatively stifling. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I had time. It, back in um over the summer um you know I just went back to work a couple weeks ago um but even with my time it was almost like too much time because yeah I I mean I don't have a child and I and I wasn't working during the day but I also didn't get any like creative you know my creative motor wasn't really running because of what's going on like it was kind of having the opposite effect yeah yeah and if 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 our whole, like, I mean, even if you, even if you like quiet and you have access to quiet, like I've had at the farm, the, the like dreadful hum of anxiety about all of these, you know, like, okay, <laughs> it's like legacy of um, like, colonialism and like active white supremacy there's you know the virus and the like completely like diabolically unacceptable response to the virus in this country mm -hmm. um there's the election coming up oh um you know there are like like continued um murders of black people at the hands of police even in the midst of this incredible movement mm -hmm. um and the the fires and it's like i yeah it for me that you know even though i i i do have a baby that naps and goes to sleep early and i have been spending the the summer in this quiet rural location it's just um i i have i have not been feeling like creatively inspired um <laughs> no and i don't blame you and also it's like you kind of have to like you are in sort of a nice position to get that natural quiet from your surroundings so if i like if i had that i would I, I would simply want to luxuriate in that, you know, when you, when you get the moment to, yeah. you know, yeah. as opposed to like, oh, all right, 
I got a moment. It's quiet. I'm going to go do stuff. Like, no. Yeah. Especially with the way this year has been going. And it's like you said, it's just keeps getting more hectic. Um, Kind of have to use those quiet times to kind of just be quiet and yeah, enjoy just it. Yeah, like try to center um, yeah. even, even just a little bit. Yeah. Well, hopefully um, things even out soon. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know. All I can do is hope against hope. And um, I don't know. I'm keeping my expectations low and my hopes high is pretty much where I'm at right now. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's probably a good, a good approach. Yeah. I'm just trying to... I'm trying to act as if there's, you know, a brighter time on the horizon. Yeah. I mean, and there is. We, it's, just we ha- it's like, we have to just, we yeah. have to think that there is. You have to. And I, and I do think irrefutably there is, it's a matter of, is it, you know, is it January or is it like five years from now? Yeah. Like when, when is it happening? And I, I just, this unknowing is sort of unsettling, but I just try to hold on to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I mean especially like I like having this little person who I, oh, I can imagine yeah into the world and I mean even just today I was thinking like how you know thinking about the world that or at least the world that I I thought was the world when I was growing up <laughs> yeah um compared to the world that I think is the world now. And I, yeah, just the whole thing of trying to place like, you know, parenthood and, um, you know, my responsibility towards um, my little person and just the whole thing, it's like, so profound (laughs) it's a lot it's a lot to think about yeah for sure um Mm -hmm. well thank you so much for talking with me tonight um it was such a pleasure it was such a pleasure to get to chat with you it was fun um especially someone who's been especially I mean despite the dark subject matter we're leaving off on um but especially as someone who has uh you know been listening to for basically my my whole music loving life um mm-hmm. it's been pretty pretty nice to get to talk to you as, as a as a human being on the other side of a microphone as opposed yeah. to like this record i'm putting on yeah <laughs> so yeah it's been fun yeah well thank you thank you for listening it's um it always you know it helps me to feel like oh right it like i i do i make things that that reach people and mm-hmm. it's true here I just heard you say it so it, it all <laughs> helps me to feel I'm, like yes. <laughs> I'm verifying purposeful. for you it's true <laughs> I promise <laughs> that's good um, okay well thank you so all much right. for this conversation it's really great okay thank you. take care you too. bye, bye.